What's up guys? Welcome to episode 45 of The Rock Zone. This is a very special episode that's been a long time in the making. It's the data episode. So in this episode, we've managed to take all that data, rationalize it into bite-sized insights for your next High Rocks race that tell you how to improve and more specifically, which exercises mean the most in terms of improvement. So it's a very data-heavy episode this, so please do stay tuned and especially to the very end because we've got a very special announcement about something that will be directly impacting your your next Hyrox race. Uh, and a big shout out to the community that's helped us build this along the way. Um, if you are interested in anything you hear in this episode, please do go check out therockzone.com where you can see the latest articles and get involved in planning which statistics you can find out about next. Anyway, for now, Rock Zone in. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Rock Zone. Nope, the data zone. Let me go there again. <laughs> Don't do it like a fucking circus entertainer. I want to do it like a circus entertainer. <laughs> roll up, roll up. <laughs> come, come on, come on. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. <laughs> Not the rock zone, as you might expect. It's actually the data zone now because Ben and I have changed our whole career progressions to become data scientists. Isn't that right, Ben? Yeah. You know what? The numbers were calling. I feel like I've Neo from mm. the Matrix right now. Kind of bending over statistics, like Chat GPT came out. We became Chat GPT experts. Um, data came out. We yep. thought we're going to be um, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, he's he seems smart. Uh, yeah, yeah fine. take it. Yeah. Right. In all seriousness, we've got a whopper of an episode for you. Um, apologies for the fifty-minute voice clip that we uploaded as. 50, 50, 50 minute, second voice 50 clip sec. that we uploaded as a podcast, which definitely wasn't a podcast. But yeah, we just needed a couple of extra days to to wrap this up for you in a nice, nice, nice neat bow. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like this has been, what, a couple of months in the making? Uh, going away and actually crunching the numbers to come up with really cool insights that help everyone train or sort of like target their training and also understand their race and digest it. So we wanted to do it justice. We didn't want to just sort of slap it together. Uh, which which is why the extra mm. days, to be honest. We needed it? exactly a couple of months and two extra days to release this podcast. Yeah, yeah it's always the way, isn't it? Um, well, perhaps a little bit of context as to what spurred this whole thing on. Um, it was an early December weekend where four boys embarked on what was going to be the journey of a lifetime. Um, it was the High Rocks Weekender in Frankfurt. And, well... Unbeknownst to us, we started a bit of a conspiracy theory because on that race, apparently the carpets had been changed, altered, re-sewn, re-laid, re-carpeted, whatever you want to call it. There was some kind of difference. You got some fresh rug, basically. Fresh rug. And we thought, hey, it feels a little bit easier. And we asked around and everyone was saying, yeah, it feels a bit easier. And especially because we'd raced what was it a week before in uh, London? Ridiculous, slightly so, short. I think it was. I think it was a yeah. fortnight. In fairness, so two weeks. Yeah, fortnight. Yeah. So we had a bit of a like. It was like we could understand like the difference, and maybe it was just the nice fresh German air that made it all the all a bit easier. But um, yeah, we we reported on it at the time, and we thought, you know what, it's a bit unfair for us to just do anecdotal evidence on this. So how can we go away and? actually prove it or disprove it so that's where we are today really we've, we've actually managed to go and what what would you say like take all the numbers out there and crunch uh, crunch the data of that specific race to understand 
how sleds compared in Frankfurt to the the season, well, the rest of the races in the season before? We did more than just crunch those numbers. In fact, what we did is scraped every single bit of race information that we could from the Mika timing system, which is the lovely online, quite difficult to use thing that Hyrox offers you after your race, where you log in, search your name, and you can see the exact breakdown of every single one of your exercise um, stations. So that's the run and all of the different uh, functional workout stations. And what basically the reason that you wear the ankle bracelet yes. is to see these splits. Yes, exactly. And also, unbeknownst to you, you wear it so that Ben and I can do some freaky deaky number stuff uh, in the background. Be <laughs> <laughs> GDPR compliant. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what we've done is basically created this whole big catalogue of insights, including Sledgate, which we are going to reveal the answers to in just a wee bit, um, to essentially with the aim of looking at where we can improve. And we will get onto that a little bit later. But the dying question on everyone's minds, of course, is, was Frankfurt quicker, yes or no? Well, was it? I mean, I, we've written articles on this, but then we've gone back and like rechecked our data so many times now. What is our peer-reviewed final decision, Max, that we've arrived at? Our peer-reviewed final data-backed decision is that they were faster. And let me explain how we have come to this conclusion. So we've had a look at four divisions that are men open, women open, pro-men and pro-women. And for each of those divisions, we've compared the Frankfurt sled push and sled pull times on average. So that's taking all of the entrants that came in, dividing it by the number of entrants, and then getting one time. So, Sorry, have I explained that? So adding that? up all their time. Yes. Yeah, you're adding up all their time, dividing it by the number of people that raced. That's called a, a mean average. Correct. So Correct. So not just uh, picking the middle person and saw how they did, it's like a bit more sort of in the weeds as such. Correct. And then once we had those numbers, we did the same thing for all European races of the season five that predated Frankfurt. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So presumably there's like a new carpet at the beginning of the season and then the wear of that through until when we were told that they got changed. Yes. So we, yeah. Yeah. That's what we're comparing against. Yes. And look, granted, we don't know if there might have been more changes in between the season we're just operating on the assumption that the carpet was used in europe at least for that start of season five whenever it was i think it was basel the first race of the season and it got used to the point where hyrox thought okay we now need to swap this and refresh it out and that happened Mm. at frankfurt so how much quicker mate how much i've laid I've, I've, i've set the scene right so it depended on what division you were in. It made the least amount of difference for the open men category and the most mm. significant distance, uh, difference in the pro men category. Ben, would you like to hazard a guess in percentage terms how much quicker the push was for open men and pro men? For Well, for pro men, I've got a pretty good idea because I was 
I was looking at these numbers as well. So I think it's in the 17% sort of range. Almost 15%. So that's still okay. a lot faster in relative terms. So 15% quicker. Yes. For the, yeah. That in relative terms, that means it was 36 seconds faster based on all of the races predating Frankfurt. So Frankfurt so was 30 average. Go on. The average Frankfurt pro racer mm-hmm. was 30 seconds quicker than pro racers in the races before him. Correct, sir. Correct. Wow. Okay. That's big. That is big. That is big. Yeah. And it, although it was less sign, well, no, less substantial, should I say, for open men, they still mm. came in with a 17 second difference, which was 9% overall. So 17 seconds. Okay. Yeah. So that's 9% yeah. because in theory, they're taking longer on average. They're not but actually, still... they're not. So pro men oh, really? take longer to push the sled. Yes. And that is because the weight increase. So I think it's yeah. both 50 kilograms extra on the push and the pull um, has such a detrimental impact that even the fit yeah. boys and girls for that matter in the pro divisions, push the sleds and pull the sleds yeah. slightly slower. Well, even that's a, a super interesting thing, like seeing how much that extra 50 kg means to the to the average times. I mean, what's the difference between a, a pro average sled time in general and a um, Frankfurt, oh, sorry, pro a pro average sled time and an open average sled time? Okay, I'm going to go and tell you this on the women's front because let's give the ladies some love. We've been speaking a lot about men okay. here. Yeah. Um, and it's also a much rounder number uh, so when we're looking at the push open women push it on average 55 seconds faster than pro women do what is that total time mate sorry sorry so into <laughs> sorry in total um let's 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 round this a little bit just so we're we're, we're talking relatively nice numbers here so uh open women push the sled at around an average two and a half minutes, so two minutes, 30 seconds, and pro women push it at three minutes and 25 seconds. So that's where that 55 second difference comes from. So a whole a whole minute, essentially, 55 seconds, almost a whole minute. So pro women are a minute slower than pro women, yes. uh, than open women. Yes. But of course, there's an extra, I don't know what the weight difference is actually for women pros. Oh, good question. Is it? I'm not sure it's 50 kilograms as well. Yeah, um, we should look that up. We, we, uh, sorry, we did not include this as part of the data zone. Uh, we don't know the basic layout of the race <laughs> that we've raced collectively like 20 times uh, in between all three Roxo members. Do you I think, think we could enter a women's category race? Do you think they'd get annoyed at that? Yes. Why would we want to do that? I don't know. Like, why, why can't we? Uh... Well, why should we? Right, we're getting slightly carried away, Ben. We're talking, we're talking about data and not gender identity here. Um, so, moving on to the poll, it was a similar kind of story. Um, as I mentioned, the pro men felt the difference more. Um, the open men felt it the least. But uh, would you like to hazard a guess or stab a guess at uh, how big the difference was in the pro men category? Uh, no, to be honest. I don't want to get it wrong again. Okay, fine. <laughs> don't want to put any misinformation out there. <laughs> uh, so, on average, the Frankfurt sled pull time was 19.2% faster 
than all European races that predated Frankfurt in the same season. That is Say that again. massive. Say that again. So, Frankfurt sled pull times for pro men was five minutes and three seconds on average. Sled pull time for pro men in all other European races prior to Frankfurt was six minutes and 15 seconds on average. That is a difference on average of a minute and 12 seconds, which is 19.2%. That is huge. So make it a nice, sweet little statement for me. Right. I'm going to round it up again a little bit, but basically... Nah, don't round, don't round. Just just say men are faster than... Th- like, right, okay. Headline, headline. The, the carpet in Frankfurt made it so that the pro men division, on average, pulled 19% faster. How's that for a headline? Okay, wow. Okay, that's a big boy then. Okay. That's a big boy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, we saw similar results um, or significant substantial results in both the women's categories. Um, the open women pulling on average 11.7% faster and the pro women 11.3% faster. So again, a big difference. Uh, the only reason mm. I keep focusing on the men is apparently because the men love a new carpet um, in the pro division. Mm. Um, so can we finally put the Sledgate issue to bed? Or do you have any final remarks, Ben? Now is your time. Speak now or forever hold your peace. I I would love to say that the new carpets have done this, but the, the sceptic in me wants to believe that can we actually say it's the new carpets? I mean, I, I, I want, I, in my eyes, it seems pretty clear, but we can't definitively say it. And I don't want to be putting that out into the community and being like, oh my God, this is the, the one thing. Like the carpets need to be replaced. And so it's not a case of like, they've just done it for shits and gigs and some people have got an advantage. Like on the or same they day- didn't, like, they didn't plan it properly or anything like that. Yeah. Hyrox do a phenomenal job. And if you think about it, these carpets travel round Europe. For all we know, the carpets have bloody mm. jet lag, okay? Because they'd been in Barcelona yeah. beforehand um, or something along those lines. So- it is incredibly difficult, and the fact that Hyrox is even able to put on what mm. is even remotely resemblant of a standardized race is a real accomplishment. So um, please, let's do you know, go on. Do you know what, what weighs the same as a sled? A small baby panda, I believe. Yeah, a small baby panda. <laughs> and imagine a small baby panda being dragged along a carpet 66 times a day. Uh, like each I stretch I don't, like... don't want to I don't want to imagine that really do we have a different weight yeah because I don't want to well, drag a I mean... baby panda by its like little legs ah! yeah it also, <laughs> also scratch anyway. the hell out of me I imagine yeah yeah but like my point that I'm trying to make is that like these carpets get a lot of abuse oh yes so of course. like yeah it's like they they do need to be replaced and like you're only ever competing against the same people on the same day so it is kind of fair in my opinion like what's hunter's famous saying like races no horses not races or horses something? not courses that's the one i always think it means corsets like he's gonna put on like a thing that makes your waist small well, yeah that's <laughs> uh, part of his new builder campaign um it's gonna be uploading a video teeny tiny waist yeah. <laughs> you want teeny tiny waist go get a builder drink um love you hunter um you don't listen to our pod anyway so that's fine yeah. he did confess to that 
uh, when we got him on the show. That's fair. Um, yeah. So, fine. Carpet gate. Are we? Are we? Sorry. Sled gate. Carpet gate. Whatever you want to call it. Shall we? Shall we put it? Shall we lay it to rest? Lay it to rest. Leave it in the past. Like carpets are interesting. If you want to find out more about carpets, you can go check out an article on therockzone.com that we've written. Uh, we also try and unpack why a carpet being new may cause it to be faster and. I kind of get into some coefficients of friction and nerd out a little bit. If you are interested, please go drop a comment there. And please, if you don't agree, like I do want to hear because I I do enjoy this like talking about these sorts of things. So please do go and leave a comment mm. on the website. Ben loves um, being proven because... wrong. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. A man that never changed his mind, never changed the world. Oh, I mean, Woof. we're not going to end on that because uh, we actually have way more to talk about. Uh, yeah, in this pod, like I think the meat of the episode's coming now. Like it is. So Max, you've teased me. You've teased me with uh, this idea of a graph where you're able to tell and show at what point in the race there is the biggest difference between like a pro and an open or different categories, and in essence show where your race is made and broken. Well, the tease, the strip tease stops now, and I'm going to show you my. Um, because I got it. <laughs> I got it for you. Um, so, yes, Sledgate was interesting to kind of see what the difference was, but realistically, that doesn't help us. And we were motivated to go a little bit further and think, right, okay, um, what can we actually learn from this? Because looking at average times doesn't necessarily help an individual racer um, going forward. So, what we have done as Ben alluded to, is create a graph where we overlaid the timings of every single race category in the four singles divisions. So that's men open, women open, pro men, pro women, and overlaid them in one fat graph. Now, without boring you on what this graph looks like, because appreciably, it's a visual demonstration for a reason. You're not supposed to be having an audio-guided uh, yeah, description of this. So what we can see is that there are significant differences between those different categories for some stations and fairly insignificant differences in other stations. I'm going to pause there and Ben's going to call out if that made any sense, yes or no. I I'm going to be straight with you dude. I zoned out. So, I'm going to ask for the headlines and like what does it mean? Like what does it mean? If people are interested, they can go and look at it. Yes. But what does it mean? So, what does that mean? We can tell you what areas might be more beneficial to focus your training on and really really focus on in the race whereas others are perhaps less important than we thought. How's that? Cool. For a headline. That sounds juicy. Yes. That sounds juicy. Okay. I w- like can I ask can I ask a question? Yes, you may. What is the event or the the sorry, the exercise that doesn't make that much of a difference between like pros and opens and like if you're good bad? Well, I think it goes without saying that the farmer's carry is a bit of a dos of an exercise and that should come to no surprise to anyone. Um, the times that we see in the farmer's carry are super quick always. So if you're ever confused as to why you did it in under two minutes but finished 200th or something like that, um, 
uh, in comparison to your age category, well, that's because everyone does it fast. So if you're hoping to make up a lot of time there relative to your field, think again, because realistically, everyone's breezing through that. However, another less important thing to focus on is the row. So, really? Yes. The difference between the fastest category and the slowest category of races, so this is again across all four divisions, across all age categories, is only one minute and 18 seconds. So I would like you to picture in your own mind, I'm not going to put this, or I'm not going to explicitly tell you, but picture someone who's perhaps a little bit slower and picture someone who's insanely fit and realize that there's only a minute and 18 seconds difference in their row time on average. I, don't, I, I get the, the difference on average, but what's the point? The point, fair, fair play. The point is that if you're thinking you're a strong rower and you're going to make up loads of time on the row and get ahead against other people perhaps or shave time off your race by doing that, well, I would perhaps suggest and encourage you to look for a different alternative, which I'm going to share with you in a minute as to where you might be focusing mm. on more because the row isn't going to do that much of a difference. If you think about it, the fastest person on average will only be a minute and 18 seconds faster than the slowest person. So I get I get what you're saying here. You're kind of using it to just like to say where to like where to improve almost. But is that the right interpretation? Like what we're seeing is that the the averages are splitting uh, are not splitting as much as we thought they were between each division. But that's not to say that you can't push really hard and make that time up. Like you can be above average. Like it's just what what I think this graph is actually showing is like, I think you're going to talk about it in a sec is like another exercise where the lines diverge between every exercise that shows that like the pro men are insanely better and quicker at warbles than the open women. Yes, but it's not just the pro men versus open women. It's in general that because the lines diverge so much means that there's the most room to play with. And that also yeah. means that that is where realistically you can make or break your race. So if we think about the pro men and women who are at the top of their game, they are going to be on the lower end of timings for these stations. Whereas mere mortals in the open category are way above that. So based on that, I'm arguing that if you can focus on that a little bit, that has the biggest chance of making a big difference in your overall race time and bringing it down. So when you yeah okay so when you said lower you mean shorter time which is quicker correct higher longer time correct yeah, okay cool correct Sorry. so back to the row the row isn't perhaps the best way of doing that it doesn't mean that you're not going to push it hard mm. you're pushing everything hard but it means that strategizing beforehand about your race and perhaps in your race know that you're not going to make up that much time on say a pro man who's in the elite fifteen. Because the on average, the maximum you're really ever going to be apart is a minute and 18. However, let us now talk about 
burpees. Okay. Yeah. You don't sound enthusiastic about burpees, Ben. No, I'm just trying to process what we've just talked about. <laughs> I'm trying to think like like my take so the takeaway from rowing is like don't push yourself really hard because if like like you can make that time up elsewhere. Yeah. Is what you're saying? Yeah. It's better spent investing that energy into a different sector. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Exactly. And that sector is burpees. Are you more excited yep. about it now? I fucking hate burpees. Woo! Yes. <laughs> and that goes to show that really goes yeah. to show that a lot of people really dislike burpees because the difference between fast racers and slow racers is huge. So whereas I said that the row is only ever going to be on average a minute and eighteen apart burpees are three minutes and 32 seconds apart that's almost between what between what between fast racing categories and slower racing categories okay and that means there's loads and loads of room to improve upon that so if you think about it someone who's fast can on average finish that fucking stretch of 80 meter burpee broad jumps three and a half minutes faster than you that's a lot more than mm. the comparatively insignificant row. That's mm. what I'm trying to say. So, so, so we're almost using the fast races in the pro division as like, look, it is possible. This is a target of like what we could we could aim for mm -hmm. to be like make your race quicker. Mm -hmm. And then the actual average that we're seeing in the open, that difference shows us like, oh, there's a big difference between these two categories in this sector, mm -hmm. which means there's a lot of time, a lot of stuff to improve. Or if there's not a lot of distance in between these sectors, it means, you know what? Like, it's not worth getting really good at these because you're only going to make up 10, 15 seconds. Correct. So it's, Correct. it's this um, disparity between the two, which means, hey, there's more to play for here. So let's go and train for them. Yes. And it's not just in comparison to the pros either, Ben. It's also in comparison to other open categories and people within your own category because you can see that look if i'm part of the category that's quite slow well fucking hell if i'm someone who's fast i can really really make up loads of ground in my age category if i focus on burpees say that's cool yeah I feel yeah like, i feel cool. like we're getting somewhere with these headlines yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm beginning to understand now okay what we're what how we're reading these yes like yes yeah exactly um, so before I tell you the absolute killer of an exercise that you should definitely be investing more time in, I'm going to wind back a little bit and mention sled push. And I do that. Can I, before you move off of, before you move off of this one. Yes. Can I ask a question? Yes, you may. Yeah. What, what's the, what's the target, tar like what's the average time for a pro in, uh, in that exercise, which I've completely can't remember the Burpees. name of it now. <laughs> what is the what's the average time in um, for a pro in burpees? For the for a pro in burpees, the average time is dum, 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 three minutes and fifty two seconds. Okay, wow. And the average open time? Uh, I can't give you an average open time, but the slowest category in the open time is seven minutes and 24 seconds. And that's where that disparity 
of three minutes and 32 seconds mm. came from, if that makes sense. So which category is that? Those would be the open women, which is rather, you know, fair, seeing that we're comparing just all, really, all really, women. really fit men to slightly elderly open women. It's like, uh, what, what age category? Uh, those would be the 55 to 59 year olds. Okay. Cool. So it's not exactly my mum's age. <laughs> where and look, look, uh, that's quite an important thing. We're not we're not here to compare super fit pro men to normal um, middle aged women. Obviously, the men are going to be faster. That's not the point of this exercise. The point of this exercise is to show how much difference there is between them in the various exercises and how it's much smaller in row but much bigger in burpees yeah. and that's why we're arguing or that's why I'm arguing and trying to convince Ben who's tr- proving to be quite a hard student a very quizzical student sorry I, I'm, I'm kind of playing the <laughs> no it's uh... good it's good it's good but that's why that's why I'm arguing burpees mm. might be something to focus on mm. I, I know it is something to focus focus on for me that's for sure does it yeah. does it satiate your first for knowledge? It's just it's one of those things where you're like, oh for fuck's sake, I kind of knew that I was shit at burpees, and now you've told me that I need to go and work on them. I'm like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Numbers don't lie, Ben. Numbers don't lie. So going to sled push, I would have thought personally because it's such a behemoth of an exercise that we would have seen a big difference in the timings for those race categories as well however it's not the case okay and looking again at the difference between the fastest category and the slowest category it's only two minutes 19 so it's significant yes but it's not as significant as burpees and i thought that was really really interesting because i would have thought that's where a lot of people like hit the wall hard straight away of like, oh my God, this baby panda is so heavy. How is it ever going to move across the carpet four times? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, processing it. So you, so the point is, sled push, lots of people are getting the same sorts of times. Is that, is that the thing? Yeah, the difference between yeah. times isn't as severe as I perhaps as would have noticeable. thought. That's just me. Okay. That's just me so, personally. I, I don't know. Does it come as a surprise to you as well? I, I thought no. I thought it was surprising. So, I'm, what I'm thinking now is of the exercises that have this big disparity. Mm-hmm. Like, is there any commonalities we can draw? Like, are are they ones that require more of an engine or more of a strength? Ooh. Or like, is it is it ones in like burpees? Like, I'm thinking burpees. I remember seeing the split on that was quite big. And the split in the warbles being quite big. Well, are there any other exercises that have these big splits happen? Well, you kind of kind of gave it away there. The the biggest and most significant difference is the warbles, and it is huge. It is absolutely mm. huge. The difference between the fastest racing category and slowest racing category, on average, is five minutes and twenty three seconds. That's huge. That is huge. If you think about it, if I'm in the slower category, someone could finish that station 
five minutes and 23 seconds faster than I could wow. on average. Wow. That is big. That is big. Mm. And I think two things I'd like to draw your attention to here. One, warbles need to be practiced. And yes, they are the last station before you finally cross that finish line and jump onto that stage. But you can't sleep on them. You do Mm. need to get through them if you're wanting to put in a good time. That's one thing. So it's the most fertile ground. Yes, yes. To actually make up time. Absolutely. And again, let's put this in a different perspective. If I'm part of one of the slower categories, then I have a real opportunity to beat a lot of people that I'm technically racing against from like a age category and division point of view, right? Um, However, Mm. if I'm in the fast category, I need to make sure that I'm going through these warbles as quick as I can because um, other racers in my category are doing it so fast comparatively. Does that make mm. sense? It's, yeah, it's really interesting. I'm just trying to think, like, stepping back to that drawing commonality between exercises. So the two that we're saying, I mean, we haven't talked about runs at all to start with as well, but we can get onto that. The To talk about like the burpees and the warbles being the two most fertile grounds for improvement to actually like put your race at the upper end of your um, ranking, then what is those? What are the commonalities between these two exercises? Like immediately, I'm thinking it's kind of it's almost like a full body rep based activity. Like you're using your legs, your arms. Like so, I think that's a really interesting question, Ben. And this brings me on to my second point, that both the burpees and the warbles are off or coming off the back of something very, very leg heavy, I would argue. So burpees, you would have just done your sled push and your sled pull, which are both very, very heavy exercises and require your legs a lot, right? That's interesting. And warbles, you've just finished the lunge station, which now that you mentioned running, also causes us to have the slowest runtime across all categories on average. So to me, that shows possibly a common link between burpees and warbles and why they're the most fertile grand, as you so put it, is because our legs are going to be in absolute bits after we've done the exercises prior Mm. to them. That's a possible theory. So your legs are firing and then you've got a full body sort of movement that you've got to do. You're engaging like, I mean, in warbles, like legs, core, shoulders, mm-hmm. like you got the whole thing. Same with burpees. Mm-hmm. You've got to like, there's, there's an element of repetition to it as well. So I think there's that mental game that you're playing where you have the ability to pause and break. Like if you're looking at rowing, it's kind of like it's a repeat movement that leads into one another. Whereas like it's it's easy to take a break in a warble you put the ball down like it's easy to take a break in the burpees you just stand up no or just lie on the floor in your own sweat yeah Yeah, exactly yeah well um Um, another thing that i would think um because it's it's no surprise i mean people dislike all of the exit you know i could mm. throw a stone at high rocks race and find someone whose worst exercise is any eight of the given stations right mm. But I think, generally speaking, it's fairly common for people to say warbles are an absolute killer and, ugh, I really dislike burpees. So, Mm. 
I don't know what I was going to say with this. I completely lost my train right. of thought there. Can I ask a question? Yes, you may. And and I'm not sure if you got the answer, but runs. Yes. Just to touch on them quickly, because yes. I'm sure we'll have a, a a full stab at them in a in an episode where yes. we're not running out of time. Yes. Um, the slowest run is on average the last run. Yes. Do you have an average time of what a last run takes? I do have an average time. Um, please hold the line while I get my spreadsheet ready. Yeah, bear with, caller. Ben, would you like to make some nice musical interlude while I'm... I don't think we got royalties on that, but... Uh, Well, yes, let's hope um, automated voice recognition was so confused by your out-of-tune-ness of of that. Anyway, (laughs) um, so... The last run, on average, and this is across all divisions, men, women, all age categories, open, Mm. pro, is 6 minutes and 36 seconds. Cool. And if we compare that to our first run, which is unsurprisingly the fastest run, because that's when we're Mm. completely fresh, Mm. it's 5 minutes and 1 second. So on average, we slow down... One minute and thirty-five seconds. Okay. From one, now, one can to I have eight. the middle run, please? Can I have the middle Would you run, like run the middle four? run to be four or five? Four, please. Okay. The middle run, assuming it is run four, is five minutes and forty-one seconds. Five minutes and forty-one seconds. Yes. And then, so between the middle run and the final run, uh, we are dropping how many seconds? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. 19 plus 36 is... You've got Excel. Do it in Excel. Like, divide one by the other. It's 55 seconds. 55 seconds? Yes. And as a percentage? Okay, (laughs) no. Um, I can't... I think percentage is an interesting number. Like, what's our fatigue rate, basically? Well, you know what? Tune in to another episode of The Rock Zone where we talk all about how important running is. How's about that? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds very good. Okay, I think we're we're running dangerously close to forty minutes of us talking numbers, and probably like the the wettest of dreams for my maths teacher as a as a when I was at school, she would be there like, ah, oh, if I could only teach him the difference between the mean, median, and the mode, and how important it is, and I'm like there like, you know what, I I don't really care, and now I'm here like, oh wow, this this makes a real difference. Um, so I think the only final thing to do is probably plug um, where you can go and find out more of this information. If you can't wait until next week's episode. Wait, 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 wait. Are out. we committing to doing the run the next next week? The run, the run analysis? Okay, how about, we, how about we put it to the listeners? If we get enough positive feedback from this, then yes, we will talk about the runs next week. How's that? Yeah, fair. Sounds good. How would we like to measure that kind of response, Ben? Um, the you can well if you're lazy DM, DM us on uh, Instagram. But if you do are interested about all this stuff, go onto therockzone.com and sign up there. And we've actually created a um, data zone forum so for people to nerd out. So if you want to become be a nerd with us and talk about the differences and actually say, hey, can you go check this stat out? I'd love to hear about this. Uh, we're going to be interacting with people on there. So therockzone.com. Uh, scroll halfway down the homepage and there's a big button that says join the data zone uh, and go get involved there because mm. this data zone isn't just an opportunity for you to interact with um, the statistics behind Hyrox. 
in the sort of well one-to-one -one interaction with us we're actually building a online tool an online calculator to help you plan your race so this tool effectively you'll say hey i want to race a one minute a one hour 21 minutes and 13 seconds you can put that time in it will then return you how you should be splitting that your race up per exercise and per run in a time and percentage format um, and basically allowing you to understand how everyone else that got that time on average achieved that. So you can say, oh, well, I know I'm above average in the sled push and I'm below average in the burpees. You can adjust those things. And then guess what? That time that you've now adjusted gets redistributed to the activities based on the accurate percentages of how that's split up. A very complex way of saying we've built a very cool tool and we're trying to launch it and give back to the community because the community has been so generous to us. And to do that, we would love some beta testers to help us prove out the tool uh, and make sure that it is correct and that it does work the way we want it to work. Like if it's, we want to make it as useful as possible. So please go join up, join the uh, the data zone, and the um, and then basically like yeah, if you if you want to be involved, uh, drop a message on there and and we'll we'll get talking. We'll get talking. We'll get talking. Ben. I think let's call it there before we get even further out of time. So, yeah, let's call it in three, two, one. Data zone out. I don't like it. Rock zone out. Rock zone out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it <you> up. <know. laughs>